HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. The following program has been brought to you by Kane Vineyard and Winery. Kane Vineyard and Winery supports Heritage Radio and the growing movement to change how Americans eat and how we think about our planet. For more information, visit www.kane5.com. Yes, that was the Rocky theme song. Yes, it was. (laughs) Welcome to another episode of Cutting the Curd on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Ann Saxelby. My co-host is Sophie Schlesinger. And today I am so excited to have Adam Moskowitz and Brooke Little actually in the studio with us. What up? (laughs) Hello. You should have seen the amount of fist pumping that just happened when that came on. Muscle making. (laughs) Yeah. Was, uh, I think I just I think I just won. I think I just beat Apollo. <laughs> I feel like a winner. <laughs> Me too, but it's probably just all the beer we've been drinking. Could be. No. <laughs> so, um today's show is dedicated to exploring the subject of the second annual Cheesemonger Invitational. What 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 what? <laughs> July 8th, right? Friday, Ju- July 8th. 2011, Long Island City at a cheese warehouse called Larkin. Be there or be square. It's going to be like Fight Club meets Dancing with the Stars for cheese. And, and a lot smellier. Yeah. It's going to stink. I don't know. I feel like Fight Club is probably pretty smelly. <laughs> it's a different kind of smelling. Yeah. It's cure, a good kind of stank. Yeah. To get that stank, we're actually going to have a raclette burning. Nice. Yeah. Oh, I mean, excellent. it's going to, I mean, it's, can, can I say ass on this? You can say whatever it's you gonna want. It's going to be like. As long as you're talking it, about a donkey. It's going to be ass crack. <laughs> Delicious. It's going to, I mean, it's going to stink. You, I feel you, like it's turning into Burning Man all of a sudden. It is. Like, <laughs> I'll see you on the playa. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, so I'm going to back it up just for a second. For anybody who doesn't know Adam, Adam is uh, is an incredible guy in the cheese world. Uh, he, he owns uh, Larkin uh, Logistics, which is a, a business dedicated to importing fabulous, fabulous stuff, uh, mostly cheese related. Um, yes. Could you tell us just a little bit about your, your business and how you got started? Uh, cool, yeah. Uh, third generation cheese importer. My grandfather was one of the first guys to import cheese in the U.S. Uh, Larkin is a logistics company. We are the facilitator of exports out of France. Uh, I have a sister company there called Euro Larkin, and we receive from about 50 different 
French and other EU suppliers and consolidate and transport to Larkin, Long Island City for about 50 importers around the country. Awesome. Super cool. We're like the uh, UPS of cheese. (laughs) (laughs) The UPS of cheese. Although with uh, cheese, you have to be a little bit more patient, right? How long do your shipments generally... Well, I guess depending. You can yeah, you can fly them. Uh, we don't. I mean, I'm I'm a boat specialist. I'm an ocean guy, and so the actual transit time, uh, it's let's say transit time from stuffing the container to unstuffing the container is approximately 13 days. But actually, wow. on the bo- water, it's only about seven days. Wow! Think wow. about it. If you were on a cruise line, that's <laughs> hey. How long would it take if you were on a cruise line? I would love to be stuffed into a container of cheese crossing uh, the Atlantic. Okay, you guys heard it here first. In a, in a parka, of course, you I know, think, with my snow gear. I think that's like, you guys know Richard Branson, who's like one of my yeah. idols oh, yeah. from Virgin, I, you know, and he's just a, a master at publicity. And I think this might be a big, cool publicity stunt for you and Oh your my company. God, yeah, like David really Blaine, good. but for yes. the cheese yes. world. Can oh, she totally. escape? Can yes. she, can she make it? across the Atlantic. Will she, how much cheese will she eat <laughs> in a cheese container as a travel? Across the ocean. You don't want to be there when they open that door. It's gonna, it's gonna stink. Yeah, I'm thinking about the outfits. I'm thinking like a, you know, life aquatic kind of thing. You yeah, definitely get like a nice yeah. beanie, get like a onesie, a scarf, goggles, like a whole goggles for no real reason. No real, yeah. Well, night goggles because it's probably dark for in there. a real reason. Yeah. yeah. Actually, it, the funny thing is that being in a closed box with like thirty thousand pounds of French cheese, like brie, you just imagine what's like being burned off of that cheese. It is so like like amazingly ammoniated. Oh yeah, when you open up toxic. that box. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> I was gonna say you start to hallucinate, and then you yeah. just pass out. Yeah. Probably, yeah, you totally. That could be the new out. thing, though. You know? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> kids are always doing weird stuff. Totally. <laughs> Forget drugs and alcohol. Let's kids. take a seven day voyage <laughs> in cheese. <laughs> uh, well, so. All right, so how did you come up with this Cheesemonger Invitational? This is the second rendition. Yeah, I was basically smoking pot on my couch mm-hmm. and was like... I've seen him do that. It's totally yeah, true. It's totally true. And I was like, oh my God, it would be so cool if I could get my friends to like cut cheese and I could grade them on it. <laughs> you know? um, well, and, no, and trash talk. And trash talk. Yeah, I mean, I, I, like, I, I am a big believer in rock star philosophy. Um, it's actually like a life philosophy. Anybody and everybody can be a rock star. You don't have to do an album. You just got to believe and have passion and, and be crazy. Uh, I think cheesemongers fit into that type well. Um, I think they're like a unique class of people. Um, and by unique, I mean like you have like your aspiring actors and actresses and they become waiters and waitresses. But then you have like these, these cheesemongers that just get bitten by the cheese bug and literally invest the rest of their lives in exploring cheese making and terroir and, and pairing. And, and so I just find these people just be super cool. Like a, a, an easy example is Cielo from Murray's Cheese. I mean, that guy's been on the counter for how long? Yeah. He's, he's a, amazing. He's amazing. Yeah. Um, and, and I consider Cielo him a, can sell you anything. 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 You walk in that store. I mean, if he has like an old shoe that he wants to get rid of, like <laughs> you're walking out with that shoe. And, and actually thinking it's the best oh, cheese you, you've ever had in your life. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so wait, that's a good segue, though, because so so Brooke, our other guest, is a cheesemonger extraordinaire at Formaggio Essex. And, uh, and oh, I'm sorry. We actually changed our name. What did you? What? Are you ready for it? Yeah, I'm I might be unveiling this a little early, but it's. Oh, yeah. There's the, the drum roll, kind of. <laughs> uh, we are now Formaggio Kitchen, New York. 
Oh, oh yes, that went over really well. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. it. Yeah, I like it. There's more. There's a tie. You know, there's much yeah. more of a tie to the to the mothership. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that our kind of main store, our large store, is in Cambridge, Massachusetts. We've been there for about thirty to thirty three years now. One of the best retailers in America. People. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say the best. I'm going to throw it out there. It's pretty <laughs> incredible. Whoa. Yeah. Um, Whoa. And about fifteen years ago, they opened a second location in Boston, and this one's been open now for about five six years. That's for me. South End. Also. Actually, now it'd be for Maggio Kitchen Boston. Oh, excuse oh, me. I'm sorry. I know. Hey now. A lot of branding elements <laughs> yeah. going yeah. on in the Formaggio well, family. Well, the issue was is people would come in to the Essex shop and they'd look around and they'd be like, God, this really reminds me of the store that I've been in in Cambridge or Boston. We'd be like, yeah, we're, we're them. And they'd be like, oh, I get it now. So we decided if we actually just kept the name the same and changed the city, similar to Hard Rock Cafe, uh, we'd do pretty well. And it seems to be working. So Probably better than Hard Rock Cafe. Yeah. Yeah. It's way better. better. Yeah. A few less guitars, but yeah. yeah. More like semi-soft cafe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or firm cafe. Depending on Depen- the day. Depending on the day. Yeah. Wait, I so, w- so Brooke, wait. Yeah. No, I just got to ask. So yes. how did you get into cheesemongering? Because, like, you know, everybody's got a story, like Adam said. Right. Um, let's see. I'll give you the PG version, I guess. No! <laughs> Tune in later and to find out what really happened. We're going to be I'll recording just how everything I got that happened <laughs> for a half hour after the show. Brooke right. doesn't know. Of no. course. Well, my dad's listening right now, so you know I can't remember my mom, too. Um, <laughs> so when I was in college, I actually worked at the pasta shop, which is in Oakland, California. I worked with Juliana, who is fantastic. Juliana Uruburu, uh, legend. 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 Um, love that woman. And... Uh. Uh, did uh, she's uh, a I lot of love. fans? I just gotta say, no, because yeah. she just like has the greatest energy she does. in the cheese business. Oh, she yeah. just like, you, yeah, you're like she's really. Sweet. I feel like she's also the professional archivist of the cheese industry because everywhere you go, she's taking like 500 pictures. <laughs> so if you ever need a picture of anything, you could just call her and be like, "Hey, Juliana, remember that yeah. conference like five years ago?" Like she's got it. Yeah, I know. So apparently, none of us can run for office then. <laughs> no, <laughs> she's got it all on film. Um, so I worked for uh, the pasta shop part-time while I was in school getting a degree in architecture and then once I graduated one of my really good friends Aisha Gerdahl who's the daughter of Isan and Valerie Gerdahl the owners of Formaggio Kitchen was running the New York store Um, she decided that it wasn't really her calling she wanted to move on she actually moved back to California so I came out here to learn the business kind of try my hand at it uh, and found myself really loving it. And like Adam said, it's it's a special breed of retail. I don't know. There, there's something. It, there's something about it. You're allowed to be a little wacky. Um, you know, you're not selling alcohol, so you know. I feel like it's like a little bit of a safer context to like you know get really fun with people. And, and I don't know. People seem to really enjoy it, and they want to learn. It's like the educational aspect to me is what kind of keeps me in it. And people want to know what you think too, which is which and is I tell nice. them. I tell them so yeah. much about what I think. <laughs> 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 everything <laughs> and it's also something that people are totally into you yeah. know it's not like going to pick up your laundry like they're excited to come see you <laughs> right well i hope so so yeah. yes <laughs> most, most of the time it's anyways. not a task yeah no it's good it's really damn good. you cheese person why <laughs> yeah. must i buy this cheese yeah. oh but we get cursed i i swear to god i see people all through the fall and winter come spring gone i see i do not see them all summer and then they come back as if we've like broken up and they're like that- i'm really sorry I, I couldn't come in and you're like well that's fine and they're like no no I, I felt really bad I just I, I, was eating a lot. I was eating a lot of cheese and 
And you're like, okay, that's cool. Like, we can right. still be friends. <laughs> I've actually had people say to me, you know, I've, I've been cheating on you. Which yeah. I, you know, oh, I'm like, yeah, I hear that too. Oh, that's too. okay. Like, only only context in my life that would ever come out of my mouth. Yeah. That's, that's okay. <laughs> but, that's fine. I still love you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Anne, Anne and I uh, have shops in the same warehouse in the Essex Street Market. So I'll hear that from people who like, they're like, I've been buying cheese from Anne. You can tell. Like, oh, that's fine. You can tell they feel weird about yeah. it. And you're like, that's cool. Like, yeah. we're friends. <laughs> I just needed to be honest. <laughs> I guess this is where I'd like to point out that I actually got my start as a cheesemonger. Oh, you did, yeah. At Formaggio Essex. Yes. Mm-hmm. With Anne. Yeah. Five years ago. Totally. This is like pre Benoit days. Totally. You were standing in that stall six days a week and was like. <laughs> 13 hours it was, a day. It was insane. I really, I thought you were like, you almost became a piece of cheese in your stall. Pretty much. You were that well aged. And oh, I'd also like, no. I like, no, 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 in a good way. In a no, good way. In a good way. Right. I was developing like flavor like crystals. Wine. Like wine. Yeah. It was like, when you kiss her now, you taste terroir. Right. <laughs> so I'd also like to highlight that you, Brooke, yes. is also a, a leader in the, what I'll call the underground cheese scene of downtown Manhattan. You've been curating a bunch of loft style amazing events hitting people against each other and highlighting pairs and such of that nature. Yeah, it's been it's been really fun. I think people sometimes wine and cheese seems rather inaccessible to people and I think that that has everything to do with the attitude of the wine dealer or the cheesemonger. Yep. You can be really snobby. You can turn people off really quick. There's a lot to learn, there's a lot to know. And it's intimidating. I think that's the it biggest is. thing. It's so intimidating. Well, if my muscles don't intimidate them. Intimidating. <laughs> or, you can see this, but I've been doing push-ups the this, whole time. This whole time one Bruh. arm. It's not not even like uh, you know no out joke. of breath yeah no but those fine. things to be honest they can also be really boring yeah god like that's the know, problem really that's I th- yeah that's i think the issue i think cheese is i think cheese is part of food which is part of a movement that mm-hmm. is um we could start talking about like the baby boomers versus our generation where it was like they just always lived like with what they had to do and we are culture but like our generation is about what we want to do what we need to mm-hmm. do and i think it's a passion thing and i think um the on the onslaught of the internet has allowed people accessibility information and I just see I see our generation just being much more passionate and much less fearful I think fear is such a driving factor to people not getting opened up to cheese and wine yeah definitely it's it's very fearful but I think I mean people like you've experienced too people want to do it like I've done private parties at people's apartments and lot I mean like it's it's fun yeah. they get like four or five of their friends together and you go through you know maybe a case of wine whatever but you they talk. want to do it they want to do it they do want to do they it want to do yeah it. they do <laughs> so, I love doing cheese I love doing cheese oh god the yeast with the beards is great it's all good Ugh. yeah only second best only to you know inhaling too much ammonia Right, huffing yes. ammonia. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Which could be done with a really ripened brie. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we could actually room. just put one in here. Yes, in probably half an hour, we'd be like turning yeah. on like, like you know, Jefferson well. airplane laying on the ground, getting <laughs> to know each other. Yeah. Well, um, incredibly, it's actually uh, we've got to take a little break. We're halfway through the show, but when we come back, we're going to talk about what's going on with this cheesemonger invitational cheeselmania and then there's going to be a little a little competition here on the air so stay with us
is a public service announcement from Heritage Radio Network. Every Tuesday at noon, Dave Arnold, the author of CookingIssues.com, will discuss new and innovative techniques, equipment, and ingredients. Call in with your own questions to see if Dave and the crew can solve your cooking issues. Again, that's Tuesdays at noon on the Heritage Radio Network. (laughs) Welcome back to the second half of our Cutting the Curd Cheesemonger Invitational Extravaganza. Um, So actually, I want to reiterate this because no one really ever does. But if you want, you can call us here at the studio. You can call us and ask us questions. You can email us. You can email us at info at heritageradionetwork.com. We totally want to answer questions and talk to people on the phone. So if you feel like it, give us a buzz. Cheesy questions. If you go um, to get the phone number, you can go on the website, which is heritageradionetwork.com. I should memorize it, but I haven't. I'm sorry. 718-497-2128. That's I need someone like that in my life. <laughs> Every time I don't do something, they're all, don't worry, I've got it. <laughs> yeah. All right, Adam, so break this competition down for us. First of all, um, it's Friday, July 8th. Friday, July 8th. Tickets, to, tickets are on sale. Cheesemongerinvitational.com. That's cheesemongerinvitational, one word, dot com. Tickets are $25 a piece. For $25, it's an all-you-can-eat affair. I'm going to have hundreds of pounds of delicious, amazing cheese prepared by Chef Farmerge T. Keenan, who some of you might know from Casa Lula. She is a wonderful, amazing freak show creating super cool <laughs> cheese. No, she's, she's like a cheese freak show. I mean, like, well, she's preparing... A very like, beautiful cheese no, she's freak hot. show. I mean, she's super on. hot. No, oh, she's right, super hot. Yeah. No, I mean, for, like, she's making, like, cheese fudge. That's what I mean by freak show. Like, who yeah. make... Who, who thinks to themselves, I'm going to make cheese fudge, and then, like, does, does it? Does it, yeah. She does, and that's why I, I, I freak show, and I'm a freak show, so she's a freak show in the most amazing way. Of the, oh of the highest order. So, yeah. so we got 40 mongers from around the world. So crazy. Two of which are, are Ann and Brooke. Two, right Ann and, here. Ann and yeah. Brooke are representing. So yes, nervous. So nervous. Oh, really? and, and I'd like, I'd like, we've got about, out of the 40 competitors, we've got about, I think, 16 women, which is amazing. Um, yeah. We've got three from Australia, one from Ireland, one from Canada, and the rest are American. And we've got Americans from as far as Portland and Seattle and South Carolina. And, and then all of, we got a lot of New York Metro. Pe- people are flying in. So there's no yeah. reason not to get a, a ticket if you live in New York. And yeah. it's all you can eat. All you can eat. If you like cheese, you're going to leave this place. Yeah, you will be dazzled and astounded. (laughs) It's really serious. Last time I saw Tia, she was like, do you know someone who can sculpt a huge foam pig? (laughs) And I was like, for what? And she's like, I might put something on it to eat. Oh, my God. It's going to be phenomenal. Freak show. That's exactly (laughs) what what point. Um, So we've got four events. It's one event. It's four rounds. It's elimination. The first round is an introductory round where you introduce yourself and speak about your favorite cheese. You have 30 seconds. That's just a really funny thing because nobody likes to talk about their favorite cheese. The first answer to your, what's your favorite cheese is, it's like my favorite movie or yeah, my favorite no. song. What I, mood am I in? How can I decide? How can I? There's so many. <laughs> so it's, that is really evil of you. It is, imp- I told Adam that earlier. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> plus, plus, they'll be talking in front of about 450 people drunk. So that's going to be... <laughs> notice how quiet Anne just, just started to cry. Yeah. <laughs> like gazing um, out the window. Uh, thinking imagining about a happy place. People. Yeah. 
Yeah, and looking then, uh, at some parrots in the Roberta's gazebo. Yeah. <laughs> the second round's a taste test. You'll be given six pieces of cheese with the rind. You're going to have to determine uh, milk type, age within a uh, two-month interval, uh, category of cheese, country of origin, and name. Um, and then the third round is cut and wrap. You have to cut a quarter pound just by looking at the cheese. Um, not meaning, I mean, you could use a knife. You can't, you don't have to just you look at the cheese. You can't cut it with your mind. Because <laughs> I've been practicing for months now. I know, I know. That was, it was a typo. Um, <laughs> so you cut the cheese. You got one cut. And it's got to be to wait. And then you got to wrap the cheese neatly and then write your name legibly. And you'll be judged on that. And then the final round. But if you can't write your name legibly anymore, you you're, know. Well, you're I don't fired. know if you should yeah. be in the competition. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Like there's bigger issues here. <laughs> I mean, what's so funny is when I put that rule in there, I'm waiting for somebody to ask me that question yeah. just so I could be like, you remedial idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Practice your name. God damn it. Um, and then the final round is the ultimate uh, plate your slate uh, pairing where you have to uh, bring a bag of tricks. By tricks, I mean pairing uniqueness, honey. Fireworks. Jam, That's what he means fireworks. by tricks. I mean, I, torch. Yeah. Any uh, large sacks of money. And then you basically, you're allowed <laughs> My to. My cheese is <laughs> under this money that I'm going to give you to win. And so, so there's about 50 cheeses from our sponsors going to be there as a mise en place. And you'll be able to select one cheese and use two of your elements and create the perfect bite. And you'll be given 30 seconds to explain your bite. You're going to be judged on plating, pairing, and then presentation. Wow. So now who are the judges? We've got a lot of amazing judges from all over. And I've gone from like in various ranges, meaning, you know, some of, let's say, the, the older generation, not to say they're old, but just the older generation. And then we have some of the young kids. We've got, um, let's see, now it's funny. Where do I start? I have to start with a young person. Okay. We have Christy Hideka from Brooklyn Slate. Mm-hmm. We've got Sarah Zaborowski from Columbia Cheese. We've got Lillian, I don't know her last name, from Neil Jardari. We have Allison Hooper from Vermont Butter and Cheese. We have Daphne Zeppos from Essex Street Cheese. We have Ken Scalfron from Dairy and Cheese. We have um, what I call Vance Razanel, which is uh, Vince and Zoe from Jasper Hill as one person. <laughs> That's Vance Razanel. Uh, <laughs> we have Rodol- that sounds like a drag queen to me. <laughs> and, uh, very sexy. And the drag and the cheese heels. Yeah. That everybody gets talking about. Um, and then we have uh, Rodolphe Le Meunier from France who's like the hottest cheese man you've ever met in your life he's just super cool super sexy look out ladies look out watch out lock <laughs> up your daughters <laughs> you will ripen your cheese and then, <laughs> sorry no I mean he's an affineur that's what I mean he's I know, that's what he does that's what he does yep. professionally yep. speaking of okay. course moving along yeah. so no, we got I'm a lot of great we got, we got a lot of great judges I might have left somebody Mark Goldman from Formaticom as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a nice, nice eclectic group of judges, and I did a lot of different judges, so we have a really good wide range of voting going on. Um, and then, like I said, we've got 40 mongers representing 40 cheese shops from around the country, and uh, it's really, the idea here is, and then we've got two amazing DJs. We've got Aaron Kurtz from Forever Cheese, who some of you might know, who's just super cool, super sweet, and then we've got Carlos Affront, um, formerly of Zingerman's, and he's going to be spinning some tunes. So it's going to be just like an all-out get drunk, eat cheese, and then like play with your food event extravaganza. <laughs> you must play with your food. We will. Okay. We can, okay, well. We, yeah. <laughs> Brooke and no are like, problem. Oh, okay. Um, so tell us about, so who, who are the past winners? Who won last year? Who, what like, you know, really made the, made the competition? That is a really good question. Matt Rubiner of Rubiner's Cheesemongers won last year. Um, Mike Anderson, uh, actually an current employee, took second. Mike is so awesome. He's Another so reason I'm totally scared about this because I know how good Mike is at doing this stuff. And then, uh, and then Carlos from uh, Zingerman's 
one last year, um, and it was really cool. Uh, what was the, what were the tricks? I don't, you know, I don't know. I think I think clean presentation. I think smart selection. I think not overthinking it. I think you know, cheese as complex as it is is really not that complex. And I think approaching the competition in that way, it's like really funny. I love how people like always want to think about the exceptions. Like, what happens if you put a cheese that's also got blue and as well as soft ripen? And like, well, how do I classify? Is it soft ripen or is it blue? And I'm like. Uh, <laughs> Wow! <laughs> wow! Wound kind of, kind of both. Yeah, yeah both yeah. actually. So, do you, yeah, no. The question is, do you like it? <laughs> the answer is yes. Then you're like, okay, um, thanks. I think overall, the most important thing about this event is building community amongst cheese professionals. I think we are a bright, exciting, unique, eclectic group of individuals that are really driven by passion, are not rewarded monetarily, but just love cheese. And that's what this night's about. It's really about bringing a bunch of people together who just love cheese. (laughs) (laughs) So you and all your friends need to buy tickets at cheesemongerinvitational.com. Friday, July 8th, be there, be square. Buy your tickets now, not on July 8th. Yeah, exactly. Go buy now. Go buy them now. Can we get warmed up and do like a fun little like cheese competition right now with the two of you? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I've been. Bring it. Yep. Yep. Right. We're ready. So one, of my, one of my favorite things about cheese is descriptors. Right? It's so easy. <laughs> it's, it's so easy to like give like, oh, that's lactic or, you know, that's, that's cheesy. It, it's cheesy. It tastes like butter. Yeah. It tastes milky. Like, it tastes like nuts. <laughs> it, tastes like, it tastes like nuts or fudge. And like, okay, great. Um, I consider the two of you like amazing cheese professionals that are pretty cutting edge in the way you're approaching the business. So could we have like a sexy cheese descriptor off? thing <laughs> wow god that really yeah. rolled well, off your tongue <laughs> yeah sexy For- cheese off descriptor <laughs> <laughs> okay i can yeah we're we're ready we actually have uh, um some killer competition uh music all queued up for this but before we go in what are we describing i think oh, we yeah. should i think i think you should use the word sophie would you like to think of a word think or a concept Hmm. What are some of the ones that we talked about earlier? We had baby. That's not, an babies. Option. Not, <laughs> not, not babies. Not babies. <laughs> like, uh, you you have to use words that you would discover at a carnival oh, as part good. of your description. Oh. Summer, summer theme. Summer theme carnival. Summer theme carnival. Wow. Okay. Uh, do we have? What, how long goes. do we have? Ten seconds. We now have ten seconds oh. to okay. think about your carnival. Are we, are we descriptor. just grabbing a, ch- or just a cheese, an imaginary cheese? Yes. Oh, imaginary. Oh, imaginary. Yeah. Should we use a cheese that you guys both know? No, let's make it imaginary. Think, yeah. <laughs> I, think we're I don't know American cheese. So. <laughs> I love cheese. It tastes real good. When I eat it, it puts me in a mood. Good cheese. I love cheese. You missed your calling as a as a jingle man. Yes, cheese poet one hundred and one. What? <laughs> All right, who's going first uh, here? I I guess I will. I think guest goes first. Yeah. Guest goes guess, first. Guest okay. goes first. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, so let's describe this imaginary cheese so using carnival descriptors. This cheese is one of my favorite cheeses. It's called the Cyclone. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> it has a wonderfully pillowy rind to it, similar to cotton candy. And I find when you cut into it, the paste has almost this like caramel popcorn flavoring. It's fun. It's exciting. You you feel as if you're almost on a Ferris wheel. 
by the time you actually get to the rind, you've uh, you've realized that the ride is over, and you're you're kind of you know holding hands with a friend, perhaps. <laughs> Balloons love- popping in the background. I'll take a. I'm taking pack. you on a voyage. <laughs> I would like to buy a quarter pound of that. Of the cyclone. Of the cyclone. (laughs) (laughs) All right. My cheese is going to be a cheese that has been sitting in the cave for quite some time. When the carnival has come to an end and you're walking past the pig barn where all the pigs are sleeping, snorting, and rooting in their own poop, there's (laughs) there's a lone man shoveling it all away, toothless, bearded, a little bit smelly. You love him. <laughs> nice. That that's like the most. <laughs> I would just like to say, often you've heard the term Barney. That's what she means yeah. by that. Yeah, that's a real. That's real that's thing. real Barney. Yeah. Right yeah. There. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Sometimes you do find yourself getting like strangely descriptive about things. You know, you ca- you'll find yourself in a special mood for whatever reason, and someone asks you about something, and you're like, "Let me tell you the story." <laughs> yeah. And you start talking about something that has absolutely nothing really to do with the cheese, but you are trying to connect with them on a feeling. Because I've found, like in my experience, a lot of times people will ex- like have foods in places, and they relate their experience and their emotions in that place to that food. Like, for yeah. the first time they had something, first time they had, like, you know, raw cheese or wine or, I mean, whatever it is, really. They, it's, like, yes, immediate. Yes, the, the entire imported wine and cheese business is actually it's based, based, off is based on that theory. My theory? <laughs> yes. My working yes. theory. Wait, did I just out. connect emotion to food just then? <laughs> I should write a book. <laughs> <laughs> Where have I been? This is, this is deep This thoughts. is groundbreaking deep, stuff. Deep oh thoughts God. with cutting the curd. Yeah. I, well, I think, well, I think <laughs> we need to have more free associative kind of improv cheese shows yeah. on I, the I, network here. I, I, that would be good. Adam Slam descriptors yeah. or something. Slam descriptors like. yes. or, or yeah. cheese cheese freestyling. Yeah. Oh my god. You know? mm-hmm. Well, I, I have to say what I liked about Anne's was the central theme of poop and that was, you know, <laughs> that was like right up front. You knew what she was talking about. But then what I really liked about Brooks was the tone of voice. Where you just could kind of like close your eyes. You know, and you were really you with lights. Her. Yeah. Sophie, I love how you were keying in on this. So my question to you is what type of milk was Anne's cheese and what type of milk was Brooke's cheese? I don't even know. I don't even think it matters because I, I want to buy the cheese. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It doesn't matter. I, would, I, I, think, I think Anne's cheese was goat and I think, I, think, uh, I think Brooke's cheese was actually like a mixed milk. I think it was I think it was cow and sheep. I think it was. I was. It was cow. It was cow. Yeah. <laughs> it was actually. It was actually Briot Severin. <laughs> was wow. The, was the one envisioned. I love wow. It. Yeah. Then mine was probably the the. Well, then yeah. I, I'm excited you said goat because goat is my favorite. I have to say in yeah. general. But it might have been the Sumatran I had for lunch because that was pretty raunchy. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. You know, so speaking of goat, I, I love having a discussion about categories and classifications of cheese. And part of the CMI has been trying to figure out the best way to try to grade or, or highlight people on that. And I had a great story about Hervé Mons that I think you'll appreciate, which is somebody was visiting Hervé and asked Hervé what he thought the classifications for cheese were, like the categories, you know, mm-hmm. like Bloomy Rind, Wash mm-hmm. Rind. And he gave one uh, category called goat. As being separate. As a category. And yeah. then, like, and the person was like, so, like, is cow a category, too? And they're like, no. 
<laughs> just go. You gotta love the French. Love I love, yeah, because you can't decide if that was a genius answer or not. You're like, oh, I might be on board. Like, <laughs> yeah, sure, no, I really, go really. a category. It's like wait. conceptual art. You're like, am I supposed to like that? Right, or... And you look at everyone else to see if they're yeah. into it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, what got me thinking is that actually, I remind, it made me think that actually sheep should be a category because sheep being at limited availability makes it almost so unique and profound in its opportunity. And nothing tastes like sheep cheese except, you know, sheep. Like you tell people it tastes sheepy and they look at you and then they taste it and they're like, oh, yeah. yeah. Huh. Goat there, works too, though. Goat does yeah. work. You're right. Cow's the only one that doesn't. Which is Cow, you say like barnyard or like, you know, pastoral, like, a, I don't know. Yeah, the cow's a Poopy. chameleon yeah. in, in, yeah. in reality. The cow can do many things. The goat or the sheep, you kind of always can, can like. Yeah, well, that's actually, true. It's funny. I, I think goat, excuse me, I think goat is one of the greatest milks for really identifying mm-hmm. the, um, the, the, the terroir. I think it's pretty spot on in that. Like, and my philosophy is that with the more you age a cheese, the farther you get from the goat's feet. And that's so fresh cheese is very barnyardy, very um, acidic, very um, kind of urinal sometimes. Um, whereas you take an aged goat out six months, 12 months, and it's just mind-blowingly like sweet and delicious. Like a goat gouda is just crazy sweet, like super sweet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I actually disagree with you. That's fantastic. Um, <laughs> but anything you were going to say, I was going to disagree Why with. Why do I know <laughs> I'm also going to kick you in the shin. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I mean, there's a few cheeses that we carry that are fresh goat cheeses from the Midi-Pyrenees, from the Loire, that are very young. I mean, you know, in a few weeks, and they're fantastically sweet. I mean, there's just nice. like, there's, you do get a little bit of that, like, citrus flavoring with it, but it's just, it's, it's that cream cheese consistency, mm-hmm. but it's a little deeper. Um, and you know, like some fresh, like St. Moore's, like there's this, you know, tanginess and this like yeasty, you know, kind of like resonance that is so bright. You really, you aren't thinking animal. You're, you're thinking like barley hops. You're, you're thinking, you know, almost like grain, wow. other food. Elements. Yeah, you are. You just, you don't think animal. Yeah. So I think it depends on the producer and it depends on the cheese for sure. Yes. I mean, it's possible that maybe I just ate some bad goat cheese one day. No, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> not no but I hear you. I, I yeah. you know, so do you, could you say that there's one milk? that you think accentuates terroir better than other milks? No. I think it's the cheese maker. I, yeah. It's it's the it's yeah. the animals. It's the milk. It's what the, it's I the mean, there's so many factors. Caboodle. You really... I don't think you can isolate it, which I think is why cheese is so interesting. I mean, you literally are looking at so many different factors. Yes. Um, yeah. It's really complex. It's fun. Well... It is a sad thing indeed, but we have run out of time. <sighs> but so no fast. calls. I'm we didn't so even get one call. I know. No calls. Mom, where are you? I know. It's like going to call Where are you when I need you? texting people. <laughs> Hold on, Brooke. I'll call you right now. No, right. Oh, what was your number again, Brooke? <laughs> no, but the lucky yeah. thing is, hey, you know, we're all in New York, so I hope you guys will both come back on the show real soon. Yes. And we're going to follow up. Thank you. And, uh, you know, get see you guys at Cheesemonger Invitational. July 8th. Thanks for listening to this program on the Heritage Radio Network. You can find all of our archived programs on heritageradionetwork.com, as well as a schedule of upcoming live shows. You can also podcast all of our programs on iTunes by searching Heritage Radio Network in the iTunes Store. You can find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for up-to-date news and information. Thanks for listening. 
This is Behind the Scenes Food News with Katie Kiefer. This week in MeetingPlace.com, a report prepared by 10 international agencies for next week's Group of 20 conference in Paris is recommending that major governments drop policies supporting biofuels because of the effect they have on global food prices. The report was generated by experts from groups such as the World Trade Organization, the World Bank, and the United Nations Food and Agriculture Organization. It notes that abrupt changes in the price of oil can lead to crops diverted to produce biofuels, which in turn increases food price volatility. It recommended that government subsidies that support biofuel development be abandoned, a topic that U.S. Agriculture Secretary Thomas Vilsack is expected to address on some level when he meets with the G20 on June 23rd. In an address yesterday before the National Press Club, Vilsack said he believes that corn-based ethanol doesn't deserve the bad reputation it received in recent years with regard to rising food prices, saying that biofuels played a minor role in food price increases in 2008. We diverted 40% of our national corn crop into the ethanol program this past year. It has had an indisputable effect on farmers who have seen their corn prices rise for feed for their cattle and pork and chickens, something like 50 to 60 percent over the last year. This, in turn, has had a major impact on the consumer in grocery stores. This has been Behind the Scenes News with Katie Kiefer. Nicole Taylor is always the first to talk with new and exciting personalities in the food world on her show, Hot Grease. Check out a little clip. Everything is super sweet in the Heritage Radio Network studios today. We're chatting with Fanny Gerson. Fanny is a graduate of the Culinary Institute of America and the 2011 James Beard Foundation Cookbook Award nominee. Oh, my God. We fry in bed style. We have to talk dough. Donuts. I'm going to have to say, Fanny, I don't know if you know this. I was definitely the first person in Brooklyn to start talking about dough. Did you know that? I, I knew that last time I saw you, ah. but I didn't know that before. So we have to talk dough. I mean, it, it is it is a bona fide phenomenon in Brooklyn. Uh, I'm so excited to be part of it, I, and I can't believe it. <laughs> you know? I mean, I was just telling you before the show that uh, I think about a month ago, I went to dough on a Sunday at 2 o'clock, and all the donuts You like what you hear? You can hear Hot Grease every Monday at 3.30 p.m. live on HeritageRadioNetwork.com. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast or check it out in our archives. The following is a public service announcement from Just Food. Help bring live chickens into food challenge communities through your donations to the Just Food City Chicken Project 2011. The City Chicken Project would not be possible without the volunteer hours, donations, large and small, and the vibrant energy and ideas of the communities we work with. Just Food is a nonprofit organization that connects New York City communities and local and urban farmers with the resources and support they need to make fresh, locally grown food accessible to all. To donate, search on kickstarter.com for Just Food and find their City Chicken Project. For more information on Just Food, visit JustFood.org or call 212-645-9880. That's 212-645-9880. Let's keep making New York City a better place to live and eat. The following is a message from HeritageFoodsUSA.com. 
The difference between wild Alaskan salmon and farmed Atlantic salmon is just as great as the differences between commodity pork and heritage breed pork. Huge! HeritageFoodsUSA.com is lining up a major social buy of sustainably harvested salmon in July and offering it at a phenomenal price to consumers. Check out HeritageFoodsUSA.com for more details on how to get in on this opportunity. Experience salmon the way it should be. 